last night. Uh, Tanisha gave a beautiful <clears throat> and profound talk on the crux of the Buddha's teaching. <coughs> the Four Nobling Truths. We don't need to be in a hurry. Give ourselves time and space to reflect on these uh, wonderfully transforming, ennobling teachings. Remembering to take care of ourselves here. Don't have to rush. Remembering to drink water or at a high altitude. To rest if one needs to rest, rest, conscious resting, conscious laying, conscious resting, thank you, conscious resting, conscious laying down the burden. very important part of uh, balance, freeing ourselves. Is that a little better? Yeah. Uh, Being careful as we go, come and go. that in any moment we can ask a question, is there dukkha? Is there suffering? And that this is not something we uh, need to be ashamed of? Or something that's proof that something's going wrong? As our dear Master Ajahn Chah would say, with a smile, if suffering was so bad, why would the Buddha call it a noble truth? It's not that he was masochistic or wanting to harm, but he knew deeply that when we open to suffering, we're able to open our hearts to stand under. The word is, the encouragement is to understand suffering. We'll stand under, to open to it. Allow ourselves to feel that it shouldn't be 
It shouldn't be. But it is. There's an important, profound deepening of our capacity to be realistic when we're able to know it is like this now. Deepening our capacity to bear with, to open to, when things are not easy to be with. The Buddha, so that it's not too esoteric, if if we're wondering, well, well, what are you talking about? And he would say, well, birth is suffering. Meaning it's not easy. Not that I have a vivid recollection. I was, uh, mom told me I was, she fell down some steps, and uh, so then I got born soon. Uh, I think I was a month premature and spent my first month in an incubator. Mom says, I think I know why you became a monk. <laughs> I said, why is that, Mom? She said, I think that incubator was your first meditation cell. (laughs) You might be right, Mom. But it's maybe not easy to give birth, to be born. Old age, the Buddha said, is dukkha, not easy to bear. the aching joints. One thing gets a bit better, something else goes out. (laughs) (laughs) These bodies are vulnerable. Sickness is dukkha. It's not easy to bear with the body as it's adjusting to hot and cold. Various illnesses. Death. Not easy. Process. Then the Buddha gave circumstances being parted from the loved. And there's something we really cherish, someone, something, a circumstance that makes us feel good, at ease, safe, and then we're, when we notice its absence, that longing, parted from the love, is dukkha, being unified with, with the unloved. What we, that's the last thing I wanted. not getting what we want. Buddha said that was the, one of his the seventh de- definition. Birth, old age, sickness, death, number four. Parted from the love, number five, being unified with what you don't want to be with. Dukkha. Not getting what we want. Wanting something and it's not happening. Dukkha, not easy to bear. In short, this last one, 
which is the essential root of it all, the five focuses of the grasping mind. When our mind wants something for security, in form, wants it to be warmer or cooler, smoother or rougher, wanting a a certain kind of feeling, wanting to avoid a certain kind of feeling, wanting certain kind of thoughts. All the dimensions of our being and of the world that we take to be me, mine, real, when the mind focuses on that and wants something, because things keep shifting and changing, it's dukkha. It's that subtlest, root cause of all dukkha. It's looking for certainty in that which is not certain. Everything is changing, and yet when we want something not to change, we want that pleasant feeling to stay. We, we, we lean on it, rest on it, as it inevitably shifts. All these experiences, when it's not easy to bear, the Buddha said, this dukkha needs to be open to. So in any moment, like right now, is there anything that's not easy to bear? Is there dukkha we allow open to? There is something, and as we open to it, trusting that it's not just that we have to get beyond it, rid of it, it's the very willingness to resonate with that which is not easy to be with. We're giving it space. We're realizing that that very circumstance is something that's manifesting within a holding, within an abiding within the listening, within the heart of awareness, deepening our capacity to be real. And if there's no suffering right now, to, to acknowledge that, well, there's not. Can we savor that, appreciate that. Noticing if there is some dukkha, for example, a pain, a discomfort, oh gosh, I was hoping it was resolving itself yesterday. There that aching back is. Noticing that if there's an aching back, sometimes if we're noticing some suffering, we're noticing the pushing and the pulling. Why is it there? Resisting it, aversion, reifying it. I look at, don't know what I can do. Maybe I can change postures. 
Remember Ajahn Chah saying, is it heavy? Those big boulders? Not if you don't lift them or wrestle with them. Even a pain, when we're not wanting it to be there. What happens if a moment when we just let it be Just like a moment when we're not trying to lift a big boulder, not trying to move it, shift it. We let it be. Second, truth, realizing that pushing and pulling, grasping, holding on and rejecting generates a distress, dis-ease. when there's not pushing and pulling, when things are truly as they are, we can touch into that third truth, peace. Not wanting, not denying. Resting in that uh, timeless ground, luminosity of being, that just listens and knows what's called Buddha or the knowing or the heart. And that this path is this very path of virtue and mindfulness and gatheredness investigation, letting go and tasting for ourselves. So this morning I'd like us just to do a a short meditation. That the Buddha himself put together with our old friend, our dear friend for this life, this breathing in and breathing out. It connects us to all that's living, all that's conscious. Connects us to everything that's around us. That mysterious exchange as we breathe in what the trees breathe out. And we breathe out what the trees breathe in. (coughs) And in his teaching on the mindfulness of the breath and his great blessings, we looked at the first four steps about how a long breath... uh, a short breath, training ourselves to be sensitive to the whole body and calming the body. How that can... Oops. Hello? Just turned off. Hello?
Is the microphone? Hmm. So that's working? No. Now it just went on. Hmm. <laughs> Microphones are not nibbana. <coughs> Profound insight. The long breath, the short breath, training ourselves to be sensitive to the whole body and calming the body. But at the last part of that discourse, the Buddha talks about breathing in and breathing out as we contemplate change, dispassion, cessation, and letting go. So finding ourselves in this moment, this place, allowing ourselves to take a few long, quiet, deep in-breaths and out-breaths. in a way that allows us to savor the brightening, vitalizing power of breathing in. And as we let be and let go on the out-breath, allowing that blessing of the breath to suffuse and permeate through our neck, and face and head and arms and shoulders and back and belly, legs. This long breath can help us remember, realign, reconnect with this body. That's supported by Mother Earth unfathomable, deep, measureless, powerful. With each out-breath we surrender and allow Mother Earth to hold us. Feel that support, that connection to ground, aligning this body with that magnetic pull so that we're upright but relaxed and just as the body rests on the earth so too allowing this mind this awareness to rest with the body it's supported by the body breathing in and out is gently steadying and resting with the body. Reminding ourselves that we're in a relatively safe place, surrounded by an ocean of vitality, with kindred spirits who share this interest, trust, in the Buddha's way of awakening, 
in willingness to apply ourselves. Recognizing that, we can more deeply let go of outward concerns with each out-breath. Letting be, letting go. Steadying ourselves as we allow the breathing to settle, perhaps, where it's most comfortable being with the flow of in and out. For some it might be with the nostrils, the brushing of the sensations, in and out. Others may be the heart area or the belly or however we're most comfortable being with the flow. Just knowing, being in connection to the sensations of breathing in and breathing out as we're with the manifestation of the breathing as it touches the body. This can be called the short breath, the pulsing, the expanding and contracting. Just with the center of our awareness, noticing it, relaxing with that flow of sensation. And in the periphery of our vision, inner vision, we sense the whole body. Wherever we're being with the breathing, as we breathe out, those subtle sensations can mingle and mix and radiate into the rest of the body. with a relaxed awareness. We're sensitive as we breathe in and out that there's a whole body. Not forcing anything, but letting that in-breath bring a subtle blessing into the body and on the out-breath sense how it suffuses quietly down through the belly and legs and up through the arms, back, head. Each out-breath is a soothing just like when the waves come in and fall back. Come in and fall back like the rhythm of breathing. There any tracks on the beach and marks, ditches, 
disturbance is smooth. In-breath, out-breath. As the wave comes in and then pulls back, it unifies, smooths, heals. So that in time, the billions of grains of sand become a smooth, unified beach. Each in-breath and out-breath, as we trust and relax into it, subtly balances the elements of our body, mind. Breathing in and out. Noticing change, anicca, not straining. The sensations of the breathing itself, noticing how they swelling and subsiding and the vibrations. are becoming otherwise in every moment. Breathing in and out, aware of change, resting with the change. Not only the breathing itself, but the awareness Notice is braided, interwoven with listening to sounds. They keep changing. Sensations and sounds cascading flow of change. Feeling tones pleasant, neutral, or painful too. Thoughts that we might have that are woven into the outer sounds, the sensations, the feelings, Noticing a thought, the thoughts and words of this talk, changing the sounds are there and they're gone. Holding the breath so lightly, it's at the periphery, easefully held, the breathing in, the breathing out as we 
stay with this perception of change, our attention itself, as we focus on the nostrils or the heart, or find our attention moving to some memory or forward to some anxious wondering what's to come, that's changing too. As we breathe in and out every single dimension of this form and feeling and thoughts and perceptions and moments of knowing or changing, Resting with the change. Abiding at ease with the change. And yet in this flow, we're wanting it to just stop somewhere. Imagining we can arrive at some certain feeling. a successful place. A circumstance where we're only appreciated. Yet as we breathe in and out, and notice that this moment is a cascading flow of changing sights and sounds and sensations and perceptions. That leads to breathing in and out, contemplating vipraga. It means fading. Dispassion. Or as Tanishra spoke last night, nipida, disenchantment. If everything is shifting and changing, why do we keep imagining we can grab it and, and secure happiness? It just reaps weariness, distress. The raga, dispassion, means a natural. When we notice change, it naturally deepens our recognition that this cannot be captured as me and mine. Out of the being with change comes fading, dispassion, disenchantment. Not judging, but just letting be. which moves into Niroda, cessation, 
when we really let be in a moment when we're not grabbing, not rejecting. We taste peace. The cessation of dukkha. Endings can help take us there. Every out-breath. Every sound dissolves back into the ground of listening. Breathing in and out, letting go, giving back what isn't ours. Patinisaga, returning to Dharma, to Mother Nature. Resting in that timeless source that where all things merge. As we breathe in and out, every outbreath can be a letting go, resting back in our refuge of knowing, rather than doing it as we let go, being it. Like a mother behind a child on a swing. The child swings forward, swings back. Child's back is to the mother. The mother touches the child, reassures the child, and lets go. Like that out-breath, letting go. In-breath will come, we touch, receive, in touch with this life, each out-breath letting go, returning, resting in the peace, the joy of being, being Dharma, being the knowing, being peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.